out of my way to attack you. Far am I for attack, I will slip out the middle of the ocean and you. It's gonna be the best fucking tuna you have ever fucking had. Your bird tuna! Hey, John. Good morning, Chris. <laughs> oh, my God. It's funny because I'm over here fucking around on my phone, and I was like, uh, oh, shit, we're actually doing something right now. Yeah. I had to, like, wake up and realize uh, that we're recording. <laughs> we should have recorded the last hour and a half upstairs. Well, you and I talked about that, and we knew, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, there's some shit we yeah, don't want gotta on the air. got to hash it out before we come down here and commit it. Ah. So. so, anyway... Uh, Anybody that's been following along, you were on the last episode, and what they didn't know is that you and I have been brainstorming about starting a new show. Um, I've been ridiculously busy, so like you've been like, hey, asshole, when the fuck are we going to yeah. work on this? I'm really busy during the week, too. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's understandable. Well, I think our, our schedules just kind of don't really mesh that well, but, but we'll find our time, you yeah. know? So, but what's... um. So, so, Mr. Lombardo, I don't even know, like, dude, you fucked me up, man. I looked at your Instagram and you spelled your last name different, and I was like, oh shit, is that how he that's spells just his the name? Art, that's just the art handle. It's like a hand, well, you know what that is? That's, um, that's my last name, obviously. Sure. But I had a dog, uh, a pit bull that I had for about a year, and his name was Joe, but I spelled it J-E-A-U-X. Oh. And it's kind of like a little... Oh. combination of his name and my name so it's lombardo but it's with the e-a-u-x at the end instead of just an o i think uh obviously i think lombardo's probably already taken with just the o so <laughs> i had to be a little creative but i kind of like the way it looks yeah and i think it's you know it's a little recognizable in my little fantasy world of being like famous yeah like a famous artist or some shit like oh that's lombardo dude isn't it isn't it heartbreaking that like you work hard on something and like people like dismiss it and yeah. you're like motherfucker man like i thought that was the one you know yeah i um i, I don't get that heartbroken over it anymore yeah. i i kind of look at the things that like i love to do as like things that i just do for myself at this point and um i don't really compare it to anything i just i look for i guess that little uh enjoyment that i get out of you know, sitting there and scribbling with my pen for a few hours and seeing what comes out of it or whatever. But, you know, I don't have any illusions of grandeur anymore of, like, I don't think I want to work for Marvel or anything like that. <laughs> or, you know, I just I just put some shit on paper, post it on there, see who likes it. I get 10 or 12 likes here and there. Sometimes I get, like, 50 likes, depending on what it is. And then all the shit that I think is good, that I like, and then I try to, like, get it out there and sell prints of it or some shit like that. Nobody even likes it. They they buy like Brian Dawkins and football stuff and yeah, you know, like the one thing that I didn't care about drawing. That's all that they want. So, and then I'll have like all this leftover shit that you know nobody wants anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, I just I just do it for myself. Yeah. You know? So so isn't that like the uh, iconic like Nirvana Kurt Cobain curse like? The, the piece of art that you love, yeah. like Kurt's passion was, was punk, you know, like, like I was a huge Kurt Cobain fan and yeah. I always thought it was fascinating that his biggest song 
was the one that he fucking hated. The poppiest song of all of them. Dude, like Teen Spirit, like he loathed. He did not enjoy the song. He didn't want to write it. He didn't want to play it. And and it fucking just sent it off the charts for him. Yep. And it's got that that super melodic uh, uh, vocal melody. And then he plays the vocal melody on the guitar. It's like instantly recognizable. Yeah, I can understand that. And then like... For me, my my favorite Nirvana album was In Utero. Yeah, but I love it because it's so abrasive. And sure, it just sounds so raw, and like some of the songs are kind of like throwaways, but I sure. think they're meant to be in a certain. But I love that album, and I love that uh, that Incesticide album too. That has like all the the B sides and the outtakes and stuff like that. But you you kind of get the idea of like how gritty like some of the the writing was. You know, he wasn't. You know. He's not like a perfect musician and by any stretch of the imagination. He's just great, uh, great songwriter. So, well, I think like poetry wise, um, I I was listening to like some more modern stuff the other day, and I was just like, the reason I think our generation claims that the '90s was better is because I remember just even the writers of the music, the lyrics themselves were much deeper. Yeah, you know, and it just. I'm a huge Nirvana fan. I, I yeah. um it obviously started with like Teen Spirit and then like Heart Shaped Box and, and Rape Me and but then when I started diving into like the unknown, like yeah. go back to Bleach and, and like now find like the muddy banks of Wishgow or you know, like and then you listen into like this stuff that like this never, is the stuff he was really passionate about. The stuff about. that never really got released kind of yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. And then you like, when you listen to the lyrics, and, and it's funny because it's even across different genres. Like, I also love hip-hop music. I love the Wu-Tang yeah. Clan. Hmm. And when, um, I remember back in the 90s or early 2000s, I read an article about the guy that basically formed the Wu-Tang Clan. His name is uh, The RZA, you know? Yeah, yeah. That guy is the most underrated fucking genius, and his lyrics, just like Kurt Cobain's, were so fucking deep that the rest of the people in the group had to tell him, "Dude, you dial can't, it back." Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't keep writing stuff like this because people don't understand what you're right. saying, you know. And he was very poetic. He was very expressive in his lyrics, and I feel the same way about Kurt. It's it's not that Kurt was like some amazing vocalist. Like when I think of vocalist, I think of like um, like uh, the lead singer of Deftones or, yeah. or System of a Down. That guy. Chris Cornell was a great vocalist. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and like the guy from System of a Down. I'm sorry, I'm like a, a piece of shit. I don't even remember his name. Serge Tankian. Dude, yeah. that fucking guy is mind blowing to me. Yeah. You know, like he can go from like. Like opera style to yeah, like crazy screaming, yep. you know, and and like, but anyway. So the moral is, is like, it's really about Kurt's lyrics and the poeticness, and like you said, like in the '90s, it was so okay to be very abrasive. Mediocre. Yeah. Well, well, but, but just to kind of be more raw and just more expressive with whatever they were doing i yeah i think so like i think like for me like when i started listening to music like when i started to care about music actually like the first things i listened to were the things that my brothers listened to because my father you know all my father listened to was like frank sinatra like it was literally all he listened to and it like i think back on it and i think man that's kind of disappointing that you didn't like love music more 
Like, nothing against Frank Sinatra. I love Frank Sinatra, too. But sure. that was all he listened to in the car, at home. Like, that was all he listened to. And my mother listened to a lot of, like, Motown and oldies and things like that. And she was more passionate about listening to it. She would get into it. She'd be dancing in the kitchen and shit like that. She liked it. But for me, when I started to really care about music, I kind of took my cues from my older brothers. And they had, like, a couple Led Zeppelin albums. Eric Clapton was a big deal to my brother. Uh, things like that. The Doors. So, like, those were, like, my first three bands that I listened to. Zeppelin, The Doors, Clapton. And then... I was probably 13 at the time, and I remember Nirvana came out like two years prior, but I was in like fifth grade. I didn't care about that, you know. Um, So when I really did care about music was around the time that In Utero was out. But like Nirvana kind of opened my eyes to a lot of other things, even though like, you know, you look at it now and they go, that's really stereotypical that you say you love Nirvana. (laughs) You know, like I lived through it. I'm not like some fucking 15-year-old kid now who's saying it like, I was there when it started, so, like, it means more to me than it would to some other people, you know? But, um, yeah, that, like, kind of, like, opened my eyes to everything, you know? I started listening to Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and, uh, you know, a lot of those Seattle bands and then kind of veering off into more metal stuff and, you know, and I probably wouldn't have even gotten into, like, it sounds weird to say it, but I might not have loved, like, a band like... Uh, I don't know, like a heavier band like Pantera or some shit like that, had I not been introduced to that abrasiveness that was in the Nirvana music initially, you know, it kind of made you like hunger for a little bit more of that heavier kind of, and you would veer off into that and you'd start to listen to more of that kind of stuff. So I think it's, it's all kind of relative, but Nirvana like opened my eyes to a lot of shit, you know? I think it's funny because I agree, man. When, when I tell people... Uh, I guess I get annoyed because as 90 kids, you and I, and especially the groups that we ran in, like the circles that we ran in, we were the uh, avant-garde. We were the uh, fringe kids. You know, we were the so-called freaks. That's literally what we used to call ourselves. And it's funny because now in modern times, I see like everybody wearing a Nirvana t-shirt. And I often think like, Dude, fuck you. Like, you don't even know. I agree. Everything you just said. I was in, I think, fifth or sixth grade when Kurt killed himself. And I remember sitting in music class and the teacher, Miss Byers at Norwood, was like reading the lyrics. And it's funny because I, as a, like a, a young kid thinking I knew like this old person reading our lyrics, what does she know? Like, right. And I remember looking at her face and like, like thinking like she's disgusted by what she's hearing right now, but I think it's amazing. I think it's like, yeah, I have poetry like in some of my books over there that I wrote that probably sound very similar to like Kurt style lyrics because in those days it was very important to be as descriptive and gritty. And, um, yeah. I grew up on Marilyn Manson. I liked anything that was, um, uh, like pungent you know like i wanted it like i really enjoyed i hated weezer like yeah i don't like weezer either dude it was just so and and it's funny because i even would get mad i loved the band the offspring because some of their songs were very emotionally charged but then there was other songs that they did like uh 
Like that uh, obladi oblada bullshit. Yeah, there was yeah. stuff like that where I was like disgusted, and I was like, yeah. "Dude, you're just making money," you yeah. know. And uh, maybe maybe Nirvana did that to us. Like this whole theory of like you're a sellout, you're a poser, right. you know. And we always veered away from that. Like, nope, nope, that's bad. You're you know, like you're too popular. You're too, you know. And as we get older, it's funny because I remember like now I listen to stuff that that is pop music, and but I've I've come to appreciate all music, you know. I loved Mumford and Sons, especially yeah. when they first blew up and they were doing the, you know, the banjos and stuff. And I just was like, it's so fresh, yeah. you know. It's so this is a totally different take on music from what I grew up on. Yep. And uh, sure, it was big, and but my buddies that I grew up with from the '90s, they were like, ah, oh, that's trash. It's fucking, that's music from, uh, you know. Uh, that's just radio music. That's not like you can't listen to that. And I'm like, like what? Like Nirvana? No, no, no. Like me listening to like Link. Like I loved Linkin Park. Yeah. I loved. Uh, I I've over the years I've learned to appreciate. Oh, pop like certain music. things of pop music that was kind of more influenced. Like they're influenced sure. by Nirvana, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And then people, but people like friends of mine, like true like punk, you yeah. know, true punk guys, are like judging me harshly because I'm. I don't I'm listening to pop music and I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, yes, they're dude, Lincoln Park was huge and they made movies and they you know, the Transformers thing that they tied themselves right. to. But but I don't know, man. Like I can I can still love the music and I can love some of their earlier songs that I've really felt emotionally charged to. Maybe this episode's gonna be about music, man. Maybe. Which yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm fine because, with that too. Dude, music it's a cornerstone of like a lot of everything I do throughout the day. Like I can't really function without listening to something sometimes, you know, whether I'm at the gym or I'm in the car or whatever, like I have to be listening to something. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, like I have my like pretty distinct taste and I know what I want to hear, but, um, you know, I love when I like hear something new and I'm like, Oh shit, how would I have ever known what this was? And like that shit that you're talking about now, like how people like judge you and they call you a poser or whatever the fuck. Like, how the hell else would I know what anything else was if I didn't start somewhere? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this doesn't make me a jerk off because, you know, because I like something because I have certain sensibilities sure. that you don't have. Like, you know, I, I don't understand that at all. Well, I think it comes from a, a place of insecurity when people judge yeah. like, like, like that. Like, oh, well, you know, my one buddy, I love him to death, but he's very, he is so stuck on that like uh 90s thinking of like i'm on the outside you're you're one of them people in the circle i don't want to be a part of the circle you right. know and it's funny because like even when certain things become popular like uh listening to the misfits you know right he's that guy that's like yeah well that's after fucking uh dancing left the group and rah 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 and yeah. you're like dude Dude, man, it's it's still a good song. Yeah. You know, it's okay. It's okay that they they changed, man. Like, you know, you're you're breaking balls about stupid shit. Oh, Metallica was better when they had this guy. You know, whatever. Yeah. Like, come on, man. It just hear the music right. and just feel the emotion. You know, because because like you said, I am very much the same. Maybe it's because we're artists, dude. I listen to my earbuds from sun up like yeah. 5 30 in the morning until pretty much i go to bed 
Yeah. And there's just there's just a constant flow of music, and it, and it's emotionally driven. It's oh, always yeah. like it it like I I couldn't get through a workout at the gym if it wasn't <laughs> for certain music. You know what I mean? And if I go in there and I don't have my headphones and they got like some shit music going in there, it really screws me up. Like. <laughs> I'm waiting for an opportunity to go over to the iPad and change it. You know what I mean? Like, I got to change this shit. I can't, you know, I can't do anything listening to whatever they have. There's some real crap out there, you know, right now. Like, there, you, some of this mumble rap stuff and all that. Like, I don't understand it at all. And, like, I don't understand the audience. Like, do you really like this? Like, you seem like a pretty intelligent guy. But this is the music you're listening to? Like, I don't get it at all. At all. I think the mumble rap thing is uh, a new generation that's trying to create something for their, themselves. I don't think they have any talent to begin with. Like, I listen to the music behind it. It doesn't feel like anybody wrote it. It feels like they, like... Sure. It got generated on, like, their cell phone or some shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's nobody sat down and really... There's no intimacy to it. It's like a machine spit this out. And right. you're just trying to say something over it. Like, it doesn't sound good. Well, so so I always try to judge... Listen, first of all, I'm not I'm not defending mumble rap, because I definitely do not like it. Right. But I also think I have to be objective and look at it and wonder, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? And hip-hop, as we know from the 90s and the 80s, you know, like, had a particular pattern to it. You know, even if it, in the 80s, it was a little slower. In the 90s, it sped up. In the 2000s, they introduced other ideas into it. And now I think this newest generation is just trying to create something of their own that doesn't sound like Nas and DMX and Wu-Tang and even further back. But but I don't think they've achieved it yet. I think they have something of their own, but it's not, I don't think it's as creative as it could be because it's also influenced by money. Yeah. At the end of the day, it sounds to me, when I hear those songs, I think we've grown to become such an instant gratification society yeah. that those songs are created in 10 fucking seconds, loaded up onto the internet. The, the person that loads it up is ultra famous because he's a TikToker or a YouTuber. And then it just... It kind of blows up well, like then, instantaneously. So right. I, I know from my... Uh, and I've heard... From my dealings with social media, apparently there's a way that the algorithms work. Uh-huh. When you're a nobody and you post stuff, you have very minimal exposure. And and recently, uh, I've discovered that I think my theories is starting to prove itself, you know? Um, so I do my car stuff. I build cars. And then uh, I did this TikTok account, and it started getting attention and then I realized that one video in particular broke through the algorithm, as they say, and got big, you know, right. like 20 or 30 or 40,000 views. And they say that once you break the barrier, then your other videos will get more exposure. Yeah. So then I posted some more stupid stuff. And apparently people on the internet really like me cursing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, now that now that I have some videos out there, and I have some that are like 300,000 views, you know, and it's just me bitching and complaining yeah. about trying to build a car, like an old muscle car, and 
now it's just easy for me to post a video like I did yesterday and it's up to like 15,000 views yeah. and it's just I have like this whole system that I know if I'm a car guy I ask a stupid question even if I know the fucking answer right I just make a video of like oh what the fuck how do I do this I understand that yeah and then I get engagement because people are answering me right so so this to come back to the music thing is I think that the way our society works is a young person goes on TikTok and they're creative and they make one song for TikTok that fucking goes off the charts. And then after that, they don't have to work so hard because now they have, if you have 10,000 followers on TikTok, you can start generating income through TikTok. Yeah. That's all it takes is 10,000 people to follow you. so fucking un- unfulfilling though, like... But they're doing it, and they're making yeah. money doing it. And so that I think that a lot of young people, that's their goal. Make the 10,000 followers. Yeah. Start putting songs out. And... Once you achieve the success, the financial success, then you go back, and then you start to be more artistic, and you start to do the things that you're actually passionate about. It I think like. it's the opposite. You think it's the opposite? Yeah. I think in the beginning, when you're hungry... You are ultra creative. Yeah. You're like, you're being inspirational and you're hearing things and you're like, all right, I'm going to try this. I'm going to incorporate this sound bite. But then once you get the followers and you get some money rolling in, then it's just a show. Then it's just, okay, we're going to do a backdrop of me standing in front of a Lamborghini in fucking LA and I'm going to make this bullshit, like mumble song. That it's just very melodic, but it's not... Like, I hear the songs, and I think that there's no energy, there's no... Right, that's the thing. Is like, there's nothing that makes me go, oh, man, this is... Like, it doesn't make me, like, want to move. It doesn't make me want to, like, think. Nothing. It's just fucking stupid. But it sounds, like, so redundant. Yeah. Just over and over and over again. And I can't tell the difference between the songs. And, like, here's another thing that I struggle with a lot at this age, you know, being 42 years old. I'm thinking, like... I'm not the target audience for anything, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm really not the target audience for much of anything. And that's not just music. I mean, that's TV. That's a lot of things that I have interest in. Like, you know, I still consider myself to be kind of a nerd. Yeah. And to be, like, I still find a lot of, like, um, I get real happy about, like, nostalgic stuff from the 80s. Like, you know, toys that I grew up with and shit like that. G.I. Joe and stuff. Like, I'm still, like, I still love that stuff. You but don't I'm think not that... the target audience for anything anymore. Like Marvel, like Marvel right now. I don't give a shit about these Marvel movies. Right. I don't give a shit about these Marvel TV shows. Nothing. But it's wildly huge, but it's not my Marvel. Like to me, Marvel is 1988. You know what I mean? Like I'm not the target audience anymore. It's not made for me. Well, I think it depends on uh, what it is because like... It's guys like you and I that are creating right. our memories and selling them to the younger generation. Yeah. You know? And I think that um I think that that's really what's happening. You're right. We're not necessarily the target audience unless it's certain things. Like I think I think when it comes to uh we're we're considered working class, you know, like we're we're the blue collar people of America. So like when they look at guys like you and I, they're trying to sell us. What what do these guys always think about? They think about their mortgages and their cars and trucks and, you know, their fucking job and their work boots. And 
even comedy-wise, we're more intellectual thinkers than a, than a 20-year-old. 20-year-old people argue about politics, but they don't think about it nearly as hard as you and I do. Right. And I think that there are certain things that are sold to us, but it's, I guess it's considered older, you know, like, but we're also the ones selling it, you yeah. know, so... I don't know. Like I think the '90s cartoons and the, uh, you know, the '80s and '90s nostalgia, the early Nintendos. That's that's for us. Yeah. You know, people people buy and sell old Nintendos and Nintendo games. Oh yeah, and yeah, shit. yeah. I've seen people you do know? that. Yeah. 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 You know. And they pay like considerable amount of money for stuff that, not that long ago, you would go to like a like an outlet type situation. You spend two dollars on. You know, Mike Tyson's punch out or something. And now, like, people want, like, $65 for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. pretty wild. But, um, no, I just feel like when new content is coming out and, you know, there's all these things about culture that I just don't understand right now. Sure. You know, and the way that young kids think. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to devote the energy to even figure it out. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you know? Like, it's it sounds a little ignorant, but, like... I don't want to put that much effort in something to be entertained by it either. But when it comes to music, like, I want to know that you give a shit about what you're writing. You know what I mean? Like, But maybe it's their generation is uh, emotionally charged in a different way than ours. Yeah. You know? Which I guess is... Um, I remember in the 90s, my dad listening to Jimmy Buffett, and I was, like, just so disgusted. Yeah. Like, I fucking hated Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett's, like, cheeseburger in paradise, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, and, dude. Uh, like, is he also the, the parrot motherfucker, too? Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, his fans are called parrot heads. Parrot heads. Now, I will say... Dickhead, parrot head, what's yeah. the difference, you know? <laughs> I will say in defense, uh, as I've grown older and calmed down... Do you start uh, to appreciate Jimmy Buffett now? I do. Yeah. I do. Like especially like Margaritaville is a cool song. Dude, when I'm uh when I'm fishing or I'm like in the outer banks yeah. and I'm like relaxing on a beach. Yeah. Dude, it's Jimmy Buffett time, man. Really? Yeah, yeah. man. Like it's it sets the mood. It's like, dude, we're we're I'm doing... like that with Chicago. I love Chicago. Yeah? Yeah, man. I love Chicago. I like a lot of stuff though. Like if you were to sit there and go through my Apple music, be like, man, this guy. He must be a serial killer or something, because the music is just everywhere. You know what I mean? Nah, like, man. I think that's what makes you a human. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I I think of serial killers as people <laughs> that are stuck on one thing. Yeah, that's true. Or, that's dude, a stupid statement, but yeah, you're right. No, yeah. man. I think what makes us real people, and especially an open-minded person, dude. I listen to any I, fucking. Yeah, thing, I don't man. think I'm like that much into like the hip hop stuff. Or rap which, or which is okay. But I that's not to say like I love the chronic. Sure. The Dr. Dre's The Chronic, I think, is like the rap album opus yeah. of like rap music. Or like I love uh Cypress Hill's first album. Sure. With, sure. Uh, how I could just kill a man and yeah, uh, real yeah, estate yeah. and handle the pump. Like those are badass fucking songs. <laughs> like those songs are great. And um like yeah, there's a few like Wu Tang songs or like Method Man songs here and there that like I could sprinkle in there. Uh, that I like, uh, I have a few guilty pleasures. Like I love like 50 cents up in the club or whatever in the club or whatever. <laughs> like that's like one of my like little stupid anthems. And I like some of those Rick Ross songs, but yeah. it's not like, that's not the thing that like drives me towards music, you know, like, no, but that's, I don't think, um, 
I think it's okay, man. Oh, yes. Why wouldn't it be okay? Well, well, because I used to feel guilty. Yeah. I used to be so ashamed to admit... I like like this. Yeah. Yeah. like, Like, so, for instance, for me, a very hidden thing that I was always, and even now I'm still a little weird about, is... The um, people that I like aren't going to like me if they know that I like this Yeah, well, kind of thing. So or, even even now, like, I have uh, playlists of digital music, like, I guess, like, in the 90s we would call right. it techno. At some point they called it... Um, electronic, electronic, um, uh, dubstep. Dubstep yeah. or EDM or whatever. And, like, I loved the fact that it wasn't a cookie-cutter three- or four-minute song. Some of these were, like, ballads. They were, like, 12-minute yeah. songs that, like... Some guy sat there and and like, it's kind of like listening to like a like a Beethoven, you know. Like it's his craft. Yeah, man. This yeah. person really spent a lot of time and yep. and like, the there's like emotional waves in some of the songs and you're just like, dude, I think that this is beautiful. Yeah. But but I remember so many times that I'll listen to it driving down the road with the windows up and you see somebody else look at you listening to it and think like they think i'm a fucking psychopath no like i dude i won't even look over like i'm embarrassed like i'm like dude i don't want you to look at me i'll put my sunglasses on and make no make no eye contact (laughs) and roll the windows up like i don't want you to know that like i have a soul you look at me you think i should be listening to fucking uh you know some heavy metal or whatever i don't know what people right. judge me as no but me like, neither anymore you know yeah. but but like or even hip-hop music i've i've driven around and i'm like a long-haired fucking white guy with tattoos and yeah. a beard and i'm like listening to wu-tang clan and, and people are like what the fuck is happening right now yeah. you look like a white supremacist you know like <laughs> yeah i know what you mean because i i feel the same way too like i'll sit there and i'll be like i think it's obvious that i would listen to certain things like you would look at me and know that yeah this guy must like this this and this yeah but then when you see me you know listening to something else that's completely the other end of the spectrum like something doesn't fit here and you almost don't want i I don't really at this point i don't care what anybody thinks like i don't care sure you know like i don't really care anymore well you and i are getting to that age of uh like the grumpy middle-aged guy where like i I I don't don't give a shit no i don't think it's being grumpy i think it's being happy that's true. I think it's, you know, I'm comfortable enough now to not give a shit what you think. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to like what I like. You know, like, I like, um, like, I'm really into this this jazz drummer guy, Nate Smith. Yeah. And. Uh, I'll check him out. Dude, it's just, it's beautiful, like, just music. And this guy's just, this guy could sit there and, like, play, like, a snare drum over and over again. But he has so much technique in the way that he plays it. You're just, like, mesmerized by it. But, they like, he hangs out with these other musicians and he makes these great instrumental albums that are just, like man, this is the shit. Like, I love that kind of stuff. You know, like, I love, like, uh, John Butler Trio. Like, a lot of people will look at that guy and be like, I can't get it. Like, some of his songs are a little sappy and are a little, like, goofy or whatever, but, like, he's an amazing guitar player and he has a very distinct sound that's all his own and, you know, he's got this acoustic guitar, but somehow he's got it hooked up to a wah pedal and it just sounds like, just sounds different. Nothing else sounds like the way he plays guitar, you know? Like, you start to appreciate things like that, and you know. But I think like I like having that my my musical taste is all over the place. Like you know, yeah, I can ex- feel different moods all the time. Well, you know, from just listening to music, you know, it's not like I have to listen to Mastodon twenty four hours a day. <laughs> you know, which I would. I love them, but I like being able to step outside of that and listen to other things. So yeah. 
Well, I think it's fascinating. Uh, like even for me, like back to the like being embarrassed is. I guess I always had this perception that if you looked at me and you see me as this tough guy, I need to listen to tough guy music. And then to start to for me to emotionally open up to I call it happy music, like right. music that is like uh like listening to R&B or um folk music or something that's uplifting, you know, was just unheard of. Yeah. I was a 90s teenage angst kid right and in my mind to yeah right yeah in my mind to uh to display like to me when i listen to music and and it's in the air and people can like hear that this is my playlist that i turned on was a vulnerability you know so like for me to turn on mumford and sons or like so mumford and sons opened me up to folk music and to uh I'm not going to say country but it's like a it's like a mild slope into country. Right. There are some country songs that I'm starting to appreciate, you know. And uh I'm not from that part of the world so I can't I can't just dive into it and go, "All right, this is what I'm going to do." A lot yeah. of people in Delco swear to fucking god that, that they live country. on a farm right and you're I, like i don't like any of the new country music i don't like any of that pop country shit yeah but there is some country music out there that i've like loved like um i love this that sturgill simpson guy yeah he's and pretty good I, I love that guy yeah like he's one of my favorite musicians like hands down one of my favorite musicians and um like even going back like it's i think it's like one of the saddest things in music um david allen co yeah he's such a great songwriter <laughs> <laughs> such a great songwriter and such a great musician. And if you listen to like the early David Allen Coe stuff. Before he was Before affiliated. he became this X-rated, like yeah. jerk-off, racist-sounding bullshit and everything was over-sexualized and stuff like that. It's really sad that he didn't make it just being the good musician that he was. Huh. That he had to become that. Yeah. You well, know what I mean? I think sometimes... Um I think sometimes in order to become successful, some people... You have to appeal to the lowest common denominator or something. That's dude, a shame. I, I, I really think that that's the truth, man. I think sometimes these guys are like, I'm fucking tired of being a starving artist. Yeah. You know? You I, listen to some of his songs before he was that guy. Yeah. He had one called, I'm Gonna Hurt Her on the Radio. It's such a creative lyrics. Like, the lyrics are so creative and so witty and stuff. And then he has another song, uh, X's and O's. And it's about, like, young kids, like, writing love letters to each other and stuff like that and how silly they are. And just the whole thing is, like, it's, it's like, almost like listening to, like, a great rapper. Yeah, yeah. That can just, like, uh, like you're mesmerized by how fast the things are coming out of their mouth and stuff like that. Sure. That's kind of how David Allen Coe used to be. Yeah. But a country guy, you know what I mean? But, so I've definitely heard some of his songs, uh... That I was just like, I mean, it's clever, you know. Right. It's just, it's just very driven, uh, you know, like by social, yeah, you know, ideas, and you're just like, well, that's not how he know. was in the beginning. Yeah. You know. And it's funny because I've even heard interviews where he tried to defend himself and just say, "Listen, dude, I was just making music, and right. I was trying to appeal to somebody." Yeah. I don't really believe in that. The one, I guess he had a, a bassist or a drummer at some point that was like a black guy that would get on stage with him, which yeah. I'm like, holy shit, that guy must have huge balls. Yeah, right. You know, because some of them. Some of those songs are like 
really and look i'm not i'm not the most sensitive guy in the world sure i sure. can hear a lot of raw shit and not think too much of it yeah like yeah. i don't get offended too easy right but i could see how offensive it would be to a lot of people to, yeah you yeah. know he's dropping all kinds of fucking terrible language and shit <laughs> and you know racial epitaphs and everything it's like it's terrible it's sad right like it's sad to think like man you like and then when you hear those other songs you're like you were so fucking talented yeah. And that's where, that's the direction you went, and it's so sad. I mean, there's some David Allen Coe songs that you're just like, man, this fucking guy is great. Like, he's as good as Johnny Cash, as good as Waylon Jennings, as good as any of those dudes. Yeah. But just, you know, maybe he Found an audience and was yeah. like, all right, I'm going to hold on to this. It's you a know? shame. It's well, sad. I think that, um, you know, like, at least for me anyway, being as open-minded as I am, I always try to tell people that, from my perspective, there is, like, I, I guess I believe in yin and yang. You know, right. like, I, I'm not a big fan of the idea that, like, you can totally dismiss somebody. I mean, look at modern times. Look at Michael Jackson. I mean, that's dude, the one thing I don't understand more than anything in the world. Yeah. Is why I can turn the radio on and still hear Michael Jackson music, knowing that he's been accused of the most heinous shit in the world. Right. But you yet. Know? We're canceling people for some shit that they probably forgot before it came out of their mouth. Right. Like, right. I just, I mean, Chuck Berry was one of the freakiest dudes on the planet. Really? And we still consider him to be like one of the kings of rock and roll. But I don't, I can't stand the cancel culture thing. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I think if you're an artist, like, look, I don't, I don't agree with Bruce Springsteen and all of his politics. Yeah. Doesn't mean I don't think his music's great. Yeah. I'm not going to stop listening to Bruce Springsteen because he, you know, because it's something he believes politically or, you know. Do the world uh I think there are more people out there that don't want to overcomplicate uh a thought, you know? So it's easy for them to neglect the uh the part of it that they don't want to hear. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. like Excuse me. I just burped on fucking air. <laughs> but I think that um, I think that people can't can't see that there's a lot of gray. Yeah. You know. And I think that like it's so it's always back to this same fucking bullshit, man. It's you have your football fans. Right. You're either left or right. You're either an Eagles fan or a Dallas fan. You're either a, you know a fucking Yankees fan or a Boston fan. Like you, dude. What? And maybe I'm not, right. you know, maybe I'm not, maybe I think, fuck it. I don't give a shit about either one of them, right. you know? And even in the, the, the realm of like looking at stuff like that, I often think to myself, I, I wish that more people would, but I'm, I guess I've turned into a bit of a pessimist and realized that like, I can only appreciate it for me. You yeah. know, there are Michael Jackson songs that I still to this day think are great songs. Yeah. There's you know? no doubt about that. Yeah. It, it's just, I'm not sitting here shitting on his music. But I even just, when you look at And other... I'm not saying that he should be canceled. Right. I'm saying he shouldn't be. Yeah. But I'm also saying that other people shouldn't be as well. So I think it's fascinating. Uh, like, even when you think about, like, the cancel culture stuff. Dude, do we want to do this? Do we want to transition to cancel culture? I don't culture? care. Let's just I talk, don't... man. It's, yeah? You know, yeah, like, whatever. I mean, we... I was we, enjoying the music thing. No, man. we could circle back to it or whatever. I yeah, mean, we yeah. just make a quick... I mean... In a nutshell, I just think if you're a great artist, 
you don't deserve to be stifled. Yeah. Because of something that has very little to do with the art that you're creating. I, think, I guess is what it comes down to. I think it's crazy that the world wants. Uh, it's so so. I follow a guy named Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I know him. So he's a he's a psychology professor up in Canada that got big and famous because he defended capitalism. I guess, uh, which you said you know, but I'm I'm saying this no, for no. the audience that right, doesn't right, right. know him. And um, I listened to this interview that he did a few years back on Joe Rogan, and the one thing that I thought he was fascinating that he talked about is he goes, you know, in our modern times, a lot of people are having a hard time because. When you're a child, you're an individual, and then you assimilate to a group, which is normal. It's good. It's okay. You're supposed to conform to a group and be a team player. But then you should also, at some point... Who the fuck is ringing my doorbell? There's always something. I made it a point to be no it's, noise listen, in here. Listen, man, it's, that's part of the reality Fucking of your... Podcasting. I think it's part of the appeal of your show. So... So, so, um, maybe it's your friend, you know, maybe it's the guy who's supposed to be here or whatever. Nah, you know? I don't think so. I think it's a goddamn Amazon delivery guy dropping off, uh, uh something. Now the dogs are just going back. Yeah. Yeah, man. Sandwich. Fucking sound engineer. As sound engineers, dude, I'm yeah. like losing my mind right now. But, um, anyway, let me stay on track here is, uh, so Jordan Peterson's theory was, is as a young person, you evolve and you join a group, you assimilate. Especially in high school, there was all these groups, you know? And I don't think that's ever going to change. I think people naturally try to create tribes. Yeah. But the problem with our modern society is a lot of young people aren't evolving by develop developing themselves as an individual. Right. So you say that you're a part of this group. Say say a, uh, a young kid says, all right, I'm gay. I'm a part of this LGBTQ plus community. But then you're not developing and expressing yourself as an individual and saying, okay, well, I'm a part of this group, but I also enjoy doing this. And, you know, secretly I like this. And and therefore, they feel like if they do that, they're going to get alienated from yeah. their community. You're like creating a complex when there really isn't one to create. Like so that's really what this, this guy Jordan Peterson is explaining is he thinks that this is – because he's a professional psychologist and he's like – he thinks that this is the issue with people developing as individuals is is causing a problem. You're not that entire community. You, it's okay that, to be a part of it. Right. But as an individual, you know, like like say like you belong to that group. All right. I'm I'm uh you know without going too far into this. I'm a Democrat. I believe in this. This is what I believe in. But it's okay as an individual if you say, well, I don't like everything over there. Right. I do believe that maybe maybe you shouldn't have abortions at like nine months. Maybe I have this I conversation a lot with a friend of mine where we, he's very conservative and he kind of gets into these conversations with people that are not so conservative. They're kind of very far left liberal. Sure. And to his credit, he really um, – he knows – the value of listening to somebody to learn. Right. Maybe what I think isn't 100% correct. It's just, that's where I lean. But he, and he's a military guy, and he kind of will, but nobody does that. Like, yeah. I think, I you know, that's not true. I think most people do that face-to-face. -face right. In reality. But when they get on the internet, 
and they're just this is who I am like I think the internet was really it's like a place for like bitch ass motherfuckers <laughs> to just be like I have a platform now which is you know okay I mean? it is okay would, it, it would be okay in my mind if they stopped trying to control it, mm-hmm. you know, like it needs to be the Wild West and you need to know. For me, the big issue uh, when I look at that is it's social media at some point, specifically Facebook, decided, all right, we're going to let under 18 users now go play in the in the big penthouse. You know, like you're going to le- we're going to let you play in the playground with the adults. Yeah. And that's when everything got fucked up. But when it was just adults, I think it was a really simple rule of like, dude, if you don't like it, don't fucking look at it. Yeah. You know? But now that there's children involved and you got to worry about bullying and then then there comes into play all the lawyers get involved and, and what's the liability of, of this social media outlet or company or whatever. And you fucked it up when you started trying to control it. And now that you're trying to control it, it is uncontrollable. Yeah. You're going to have people that are going to make fake accounts and they're going to troll the shit out of people. Yep. There is no way to stop the floodgates. But you're trying and therefore it's just, it's your slow demise. To me, there are countless peoples on any side of the political aisle that fucking hate Facebook. Yeah. They're tired of it. Yeah. They I hate, can't stand it. They hate Twitter. Everybody is like, and, and the natural evolution in my opinion, is that something else is going to take over. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a new company that some young 20-year-old genius is going to think up, and that's going to this be... This is going to be more appealing, and yep. everybody's going to flock towards that. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like MySpace. Yeah. And others, you know, well, MySpace even TikTok like... right now. TikTok blew everything out of the... the you know, and yeah. there's just so much... Which I don't have that. I don't I don't know anything about it. Like, I can't even... I mean, my daughter loves it and stuff like that, and... Sure. But for me, like, I have a Facebook account, so I can, like, still talk to people that I don't talk to regularly. I don't really get political on there. I don't really try to be too opinionated. Like, I try to keep it light. I try to say something funny. I post some pictures of my drawings. You know, I try to keep it positive. Yeah. You know, and hope that, you know, people understand me to some extent. But I don't want to argue with people on, like, in my free time. Like, I don't want to do that at all, you know? I think that, um, uh, I think, well, I think that you, you're, I, I post the same content right. kind of, of what you just described, but mine's different is like, I, I feel like they've, I've been banned off of yeah. Facebook hundreds of times at this point. Dude, at one point they were like, we're going to fucking delete everything you own. Like all of your content, Jeez. we will wipe off the map if you post one more and, and this only started five years ago when I started doing the podcast and getting more socially aware. For posting what? Like, political stuff? Political but or like, even uh, social commentary or social jokes. Like, and the hardest part... Like, so so my, my goal was to try to do comedy, yeah. you know? Like, my goal was... And I think that comedians as a whole are... I think that they're the the front line of social uh, commentary. Social commentary, but also standing up to the powers to be. You yeah. know, like like right now in our country, everything is very hard left when it comes to 
social issues and political drive and and one thing that I don't particularly like and and not that I want Republican comedians right I don't want that I want unbiased comedians I want yeah. comedians that are going to say well that's fucked up like yeah don't side with it just because your political views are the same. Yeah. You should say something. It's fucked up, you know? And that's um, that's where I, I don't see that. I, I, see I don't very... see that when there's a lot of stuff. You don't see that in the news media anymore. Like, yeah. nobody just reports facts. There's always some kind of lean towards something one way or another. It's like, you know, Fox is the conservative one, CNN is the liberal one. It's like, all right, which one is just going to tell me what's going on? You know, like, and it's even so. I subscribed to this one news outlet that's kind of up and coming, because originally their sales pitch was is we're unbiased, and I had to immediately unsubscribe because then I realized it was very right wing, and I was like, "You're not unbiased, right? You're fucking clearly biased because all you talk about is the other side." Yeah. So. No, you're full of shit, yeah. you know? You're doing the same thing as Fox. Oh, no, we're unbiased. Do yes, yes you are. You're very biased, you yeah. know? Fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> yeah. That's a shame. Like that's the other thing I can't stand. And like this sounds silly cuz we're sitting here talking about it. But like we just went from having like a great conversation about music. Yeah. And it just deteriorated into <laughs> this political conversation. And like not that there's anything wrong with that. And sure. I'm not, I'm not giving you a hard time. But right now in our but society, That's it's... where everything goes. Everything. Yeah. Like, you can't talk about, you know, fucking Danish from the bakery <laughs> without getting into a conversation about politics. Like, Well, let's I, go back to music, man. I yeah, love music. Yeah, let's go back to music. Yeah, yeah music Fuck is politics. way better. Fuck politics, dude. you know? Dude, nobody gives a shit about that. Yeah. You know what? Another, like, that's just saying, like, it's just weird that that's how everything is, you know? Well... I don't know, man. I think that, um, I'll tell you what, this is how I'll segue into that, is I think when there's a lot of social discord, I think it affects the creative world. Oh, yeah. In a very positive way. Right. You know? So, the 90s was kind of a response to how rough the 80s was. Right. You know? And then in the 80s, it was like, People were creative, but for a long time, I think it's funny that modern kids look at the 80s and they're like fascinated and they love it. And they're like, but dude, in the 90s and early 2000s, we fucking hated the we 80s. We hated the 80s. We were ashamed of the 80s. But now like that I'm older and I think about it. I was born in 1980. Yeah. I, I was an 81 baby. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be a little kid in any other time right. than the 80s. Like I think of how much stuff I love from pop culture from the 80s. Yeah. I think, oh, man, thank God I was, like, it was fresh for me then instead of, like, I'm glad I wasn't born in, like, 1970. Yeah. You know? And had to, like, there's so much stuff from the 80s that I just love. Like, I mean, the 1970s was pretty cool, Oh, yeah, it was, but... But that's not us. It's not me. Right, yeah, like, the 80s is me. Like, and I I wouldn't want to be a teenager in the 80s. I want to be a little kid in the 80s. You know what I mean? Like, that was the best time to be a little kid in my opinion dude like, i i love i don't look back on my childhood and go man my childhood sucked it didn't it was fucking awesome like <laughs> i had so much fun as a little kid like 
I saw this meme the other day of Mel Gibson with like this fucking crazy uh, Mel Gibson hair. Remember he used to have like in Lethal Weapon, like he, the mullet. Yeah, yeah like, like the, the mullet, the but it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So there's a picture of him with a cigarette in his hand, just like smiling, like, like, uh, you know, just like blankly smiling, you know? And it's the meme is like, this was every mom on Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like watching their kids open Christmas presents. And dude, I swear to God, it's so fucking funny Accurate. because it's, it's true, true yep. man. Like, dude, I remember my mom just sitting there, like, having her morning cigarette and coffee and just, like, I'm opening, like, my Nintendo for the first time, my yep. original NES, yeah. you know? Right. And I'm just, like, Best. over the fucking moon yep. that I got this fucking Nintendo with Duck Hunt and Mario, Mario. you know? Yep. I had the Kung Fu game. I think yeah. the Kung Fu game was one of, one of our first games that we had. Mike you know? Tyson's Punch-Out, Contra. That's what I mean. Like, there's something so comforting about how ridiculously stupid everything was. Yeah. But, like, you look back on it and go, oh, man, I fucking just love how stupid that was. I, like, there's something so comfortable about it. Like, You know what bothers me? Well, let's not let's not dive. I, I hope... I, I keep trying to push my kids to play more outside and play with their toys. Right. Um, because... And I really don't want them playing on the phone especially at a young age. You want them to use their imagination a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. dude, my daughter's awesome because she does. Like, yeah. she plays with the dolls and they have whole that conversations. That was my thing, man. You know? I had toys, man. Action figures and stuff like that. Like... Yeah. And I always told you, like, you know, like, where I got a lot of my vocabulary from? Watching a Gorilla Monsoon on wrestling. Like, really? The the announcer, Gorilla Monsoon, like, would just say, like, these crazy big words that I'd never heard before. And they just kind of stuck with me. Like, huh. comic books and Gorilla Monsoon. It was how I learned how to, like, speak. Yeah. You know? And, like, my mother to this day would be like, you're so good at talking. You're so good at conveying your thoughts and shit like that. Yeah, well, that's because I read comic books and watched <laughs> wrestling as a little kid. You know what I mean? Like, just, I don't know, man. I just love the 80s, man. I just love it. Like, yeah. I think back on it and I just, like, look, I'm not saying my home life was perfect. It wasn't. Like, there was a lot of rough shit. You know, just like anybody else. But overall, I wouldn't change a thing about my childhood. I loved it. I think it's cyclical. Uh, uh, I really think that, like, I think that our generation, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to be uh, too nice to their kids. And it's going to create this, it's going to create a a problem. These young kids... If they start their life out too fucking easy, yeah. and everything is just simple, and and like like this twenty uh, year old nephew of mine that I've yeah. always talked about is like this is kind of my problem too with my kids, dude. It's it's nothing. It's not that they're bad kids, man. It's, it's just they, they haven't faced any adversity. Yeah, right. and I think that that's going to be a little bit of a stigma for a little while. I always tell my nephew, dude, you have a solid ten years of fucking up before you realize. That, like, you're going to have to try a different approach. And it's a shame to have to say that. And and I'm sure when, like, his interpretation of what I'm saying probably sounds like doom. You know, it sounds like I'm saying to you that you're going to suffer. And you're not going to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, uh, it's so hard because as an older person, which I guess I am, I'm trying to be inspirational and, like, trying to explain, like, dude, it's okay. You're going to make mistakes. 
I, I have had to say to him several times, dude, we're never going to let you starve, man. Right. I got fucking spare bedrooms in this house, dude. It, like, I'm not going to let you go be homeless. That's how You're you... You're fucking driving my car around, man. It sounds very cliche to say it, but, like, failure is progress. Like, yeah. Like, you just have to fail over and over and over again at something until something clicks and you get it right. Yeah. Like, it's... You can't really think of them as failures. Just think of it as, like, an attempt. You know, you tried something, it didn't work out the way you thought it did. Try something again. You know, but they don't, like, it feels like, I don't want to sound like the grumpy old guy either, but, and look, it took me a long time to realize it too. Like, I made a lot of stupid mistakes when I was younger, and I thought, like, I was doing the right thing, and I wasn't. And I did it with my kids. I did it with money. I did it with a lot of stuff, you know, but. But isn't that life? That like, is life. And you you're know? Gonna, that's what it is. You just sometimes you fail, sometimes you you know, you strike gold and you fucking you just make the most of whatever you got. Like you take whatever comes to you. And I, I feel bad when I meet people that are my age or older that are just very stubborn and are just like, Fuck you. I'm gonna continue to live like this. Right. And and you're like, Wow, man, like you really are not interested in trying to change that. Yeah. Like you you made a big fucking mess and like Nope, we're yeah. just going to ride this motherfucker until the horse dies and then still yeah. stand on top of it, you know? And You only got so much time to kind of... You know, uh, dude, you and I, prior to the episode, you and I were talking about uh, young people and, and we won't go into too much, but it's always like, I think I think what's fascinating, I think the reason that I want to work with you and, and do a show is because I think you and I think pretty similarly in the sense that like, do we know that we're not 20 year old guys no more but i also think that you and i we're we want to send we want to give you our wisdom like i'm not a fucking genius by no, any, not any means stretch of imagination no but i've definitely made enough mistakes to know maybe that's not a great yeah. idea right. you know yeah. and um i don't know man i just think that um I think we just got to stay, stay on top of these 20-year-olds. But I think, like I said, I think it's cyclical. I really do believe that I was 20 years old. I was a moron. Right. You know? I always tell 20-year-old guys, you're a fucking moron. Not that you're stupid. Right. You just don't have any common sense right now because you haven't experienced anything. Yeah. And that's okay because I'm going to sit here like the older guys did for me and I'm going to break your fucking balls every time you do something stupid. Yeah. Because... Whether your generation likes it or not, you fucking need this. Yeah. You know? Sometimes what you want and what you need are not the same. Yeah. You know? Sometimes I go back and I, I know when I'm lecturing my kids and I'm trying to tell them stuff and I go back and I tell them like, you know, when I was your age, I did this, I did this, I did that. But I kind of, I leave out a lot of the fucked up parts of it too. <laughs> And, and I, like, have to go back and I think, you got to stop doing that. Like, I got to like I have to catch myself sometimes. I got to stop telling my kids, like, you know, when I was 21, I had two jobs. And, you know, I bought a house making nine fifty an hour and blah, blah, blah. Without ever really going into the other specifics of, like, I barely was able to keep the house. Or, you know, I don't have that house anymore. Or, you know, my mother lives in that house now and she's the one that takes care of it. And, you know, I had to move her. Like... I think it's important to let them know that, like, look, it's never going to be perfect. You're yeah. always going to kind of be a work in progress. And, you you know, but I think what I'm trying to drive home to them is, like, you're not going to do it without putting the work in. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't get to where I was by giving up. 
or where I am right now by giving up at some point. So, you know, like I work two jobs now. Yeah. And the only reason I do is because last year I worked two jobs and I made a shit ton of money. And while I was making a shit ton of money, I was spending a shit ton of money. So when I had one job, I still expected to be able to spend money like I had two jobs. So now I'm thinking, you know what you should have did? You should have stocked away some of that extra fucking money. So now I'm doing it again. Yeah. Like, it's just trial and error. And the truth is, is like, at 42, I'm not going to be able to work two jobs when I'm 52. You know what I mean? Like, you you have to kind of, like, realize, like, this is the time to work 80 hours a week. Sure. Because someday you're not going to be able to, you know? Like... Well, so that's, I think that's interesting because uh, young people are addicted to instant gratification. Right. But they also are horrible procrastinators. Yeah. And what I've noticed is I'll say to somebody like, well, why don't you start that right now? You know, like, because I don't know what happened, man, but like at some point in my life, I decided like, I can't procrastinate no more. If yeah. I have a fucking idea, I need to just do it right now. And I live my entire life like that. Yeah, I like, say that a lot too. The second best time to start something is now. Right fucking now, man. Yeah. If you have this idea, dude, I just jump on shit, you yeah. know? And There's it's, never really a good day to start. It's or, it's hard yeah. because it's it's uh sometimes you find yourself being more impulsive, so you have to be careful about like, wait, is this a, is this just me uh, chasing something I enjoy or is this like a really good idea of something I should work on you know right. and and I definitely have that problem I mean I'm I'm a recovering addict so like dude I definitely have this weird thing where I get fucking obsessed with something do you feel like you trade off like you, you had one addiction and now you, you trade it off for something else definitely yeah. oh yeah man yeah. like so so honestly like even me being busy over the last month you and I were, were trying to find time to sit yeah. down and work on our project together but there's also the fact that I'm a squirrel looking for a nut and I have this fucking car that I've been like every time I do you're kind of obsessed with it dude I'm no yeah. not kind of you oh are. I'm very yeah. fucking obsessed with right yeah. now as we speak I'm like curious about things or I'm looking up shit on TikTok or YouTube and I'm like dude my brain is obsessed with that fucking car yeah and then at some point it'll slow down and then I'll go oh man dude I have this great idea that's more related towards me and John's project and then it'll it'll start turning into that right you know and then I'll do the same yeah and and I feel bad because dude you were reaching out a, a few times over the last like month and a half two months however long it's been since we saw each other and I was like Dude, how do I explain to this guy that I'm just a fucking psycho, and I'm busy? <laughs> you don't have but to I'm explain also, it. Yeah, you don't have to I'm busy, it. but I'm also, like, currently obsessed with this other thing, and, like... You're not going to uh, give this 100% if you're... Dude, yeah. I'm so... Uh, for me, like, like, you're an artist. You get this, I'm sure. If I decide that I'm going to create this thing, I don't want to touch it unless I am willing to devote... Yeah. 150% of me to it, you know? I don't sit down and draw until it is exactly the right temperature outside and the right, the house has to be quiet. Everything has to be the right music. Everything, yeah. even the coffee, like <laughs> my fucking coffee. If, if I feel jittery, yeah, I'm fucked up, you mm. know? I can't, I have to be perfect, perfect. I know you mean, but I've gotten to the point now where it's like I've taken so much time away from drawing that 
I uh, I feel like it's almost detrimental to some of the techniques and stuff like that that I picked up. Like certain things become second nature after a while, and you start to do them. But if you don't do them, yeah, you almost kind of forget them. Yeah. And um, like so now, like the last couple of weeks, I've just got my sketchbook out and just started scribbling whatever I could on the paper, just to get ideas down. And maybe I'll re- like I'll draw those pictures, and then maybe I'll go back and I'll revisit them later and tweak them and make them the way that they're supposed to be but for right now they're just sloppy little works in progress but i feel like if i don't at least do that much and make the shitty version of it first i may never get to make the good version of it you know so it's like i I make it a point to draw at least once a week now Hmm. because that's really all i have the time for at this point like i'm working from seven in the morning till 10 o'clock at night now and then i'm sleeping i'm trying to fit the gym in uh, you know, wherever I can, which, you know, I went from working out every day to working out three or four times a week now. And that kind of wears on my brain too, because I was so dedicated to that. Yeah. But, you know, I really want to get my finances in order. I really want to start creating a little bit of a nest egg and, you know, just get on track with that more so than I want to, you know, work on my pecs at, you <laughs> know, right now. So, um, you know, and when you get to be this age, I guess you, you kind of have to prioritize your time a little differently. But it's important to me to draw, and I try to do it at least at least once a week, even if it sucks. Which I think everything I do sucks, so it doesn't matter. But um, it's so funny because everybody's the hardest critic, you know. Like you, you're, you're, I'm sure you critique everything you do. Like, I'm sure you build a car and be like, well, is it as good as it should be? And, like, for me, look on the outside looking in, I'm like, holy fuck, this guy just built a hot rod, you know? But to <laughs> you, you're like, this fucking thing sucks, you know? Everything. And it's, uh, oh, so you know what I meant to, uh, like, kind of tell you about is, like, I saw, I definitely put drawing and painting way on the furthest back burner. Yeah. And it's been there for a long time. And, dude, there are times... You are my muse, dude. Sometimes I look at your artwork and I'm That's like... That's crazy to me. Dude, I, I sometimes yeah. look at your artwork and uh, I, I looked at a picture that you posted uh, yesterday and I was like, look at the muscle structure. Look at the way he's drawing that. Like, I fucking miss that, man. Like, I miss, like, studying that and uh, creating that. Yeah. You know, but, but anyway, what I fail to always recognize or at least... Uh, acknowledge is that i have this passion for writing um but i am so horrible about sitting down and actually working on it or at least practicing it and i listen to uh so like like i said earlier is and many other times is i wanted to do comedy and i've read about a bunch of books and i've listened to other people speak about how they develop their comedy a lot of them write they literally physically sit down and tell themselves, I'm going to write for an hour today. Every I'm day. I'm going to write jokes. Yeah. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to develop this idea. And then they practice it. And then they start, They literally edit their own writing. Because in comedy, it's really... Uh, it's an instant gratification thing because you need to whittle the idea down to its bare bones so that you can deliver the punchline as quickly as possible. Right. And and from what some of the books I've read, it's literally 30 seconds. In 30 seconds, you need to tell an entire story. Story, yep, concisely with, with enough the detail. Line, you know? Yeah. So that's pretty wild. Yeah, it is. But 
not only just comedy, but I have stories. I come up with ideas on a daily basis. Yeah. And I never force myself to sit down and write. And commit it to something, yeah. I fucking don't. I, I do the same. Yeah, a little bit. Like, I, I like to... Like, the same thing with like writing and stuff like that i don't want to be a comedian or anything like that but like yeah i like to like create like a little bit of content here and there you know i have a friend that writes and like he's like one of the most it's crazy like to hear him talk you would never think that the things that he's writing would come out of his brain (laughs) it's like not that he's not smart i hope that people say that about me someday he's wildly (laughs) intelligent he is but like sometimes i read and i just think of the like this guy's putting in the, the, the description and stuff like that. It's like, man, I could see it, you know? And he's like such a... Like, it's really inspiring, you know what I mean? Like, he just... I think about writing like that. Yeah. Like, I think to me, a, a writer, a good writer worth his salt is somebody that can paint a picture in your mind. Yeah. If I can describe it well enough and explain the situation um, without... Like, there's some writers that muddy it up. Like, uh, I love Stephen King. Uh-huh. But it took me a long time to appreciate what he does, you know, right. because he definitely is over descriptive, you know. But then you have other writers that are just like very, it's hard to read Stephen King and then go to somebody who's not very descriptive because you're like, what the fuck, man? You missed yeah. out like half the story. Like, what's the room look like? I, I can't imagine that because I don't even know what fucking color the walls are, you uh-huh. know. Stephen King's the opposite. Stephen King is telling you about he the fucking... He creates the atmosphere. Dude, he's telling you about the trim molding. He's telling you about the fucking doors in the corner that don't go nowhere, that nobody gives a shit about. Like, yeah. he's telling you every fucking thing. But it's important. Because it that's is. storytelling. That is storytelling. Because it's painting. Right. You know? Like, that's just like, you know, looking at a picture or reading a comic book. Like, everything in that panel better look like something that I can... It has to be part of... It's like, visually... You tell stories with visuals, even though it doesn't have anything to do with the story. Like, um, like I have this conversation all the time with like comic guys. Yeah. Like I should be able to look at comic book characters without knowing their names. You tell me what the names are, and I can put them to each guy. Yeah. So like, just even like, and it sounds stupid, but like Spider-Man's costume. Sure. We I know. know that I know that Spider-Man without knowing it's Spider-Man because he's got spider webs all over him. He's got a spider on his chest. Like, there's things that. That's part of the storytelling is the visual. You know what I mean? So I get what you're saying about Stephen King. And it sounds like a very blanket statement because a lot of people would say, oh, I love Stephen King. But there's a reason why Stephen King is successful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he obviously knows what the fuck he's doing. So He's quite talented. Yeah. I mean, I judge him harshly on some things, but I'm an asshole. You know? Yeah. So, like... <laughs> yeah, I, I critique everything I like, too. You know? You know? But, um... Well, I'll tell you what, man. We've been going for an hour and ten minutes now. You know, we can we can wrap up. I Do you don't wanna... need to wrap it up. No, no. I'm just I'm getting text messages. From well, my I'm kids. more worried about my kids walking through the door at any ah. minute, making a bunch of fucking noise. Ah, whatever you want to do, man. <laughs> you want to call it a day? Call it a day. I'll tell you what. Let's uh let's wrap up. You uh-huh. know, and then uh let's we got it. We got we got to develop a schedule, man. We I think you we need to hold each other to a schedule. Yeah, I think like this is perfect for me, like a Sunday morning type thing. Yeah. But it, obviously, you know, I know your job doesn't really allow all the time for that. So. Eh, let's see whatever. what we can we yeah. figure out. You know? Or I could, you know, whatever. It, we'll figure it out. Sure. I think when when like you really want to do it, you do it. Yeah. Kind of thing. yeah Even yeah. if we just said we're gonna do this once a month. Yeah. I think we should be able to commit to that once a month. I think so. You know, if we just said every third Sunday, this is what we're going to do. 
then that's what we would do. I like it. Third yeah. Sunday? Whatever. You know, I'm just yeah, saying that because this one, is the man. third Sunday of this month. That's the only reason I'm saying that. I yeah. think that's good. Yeah. 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 I think you just made a schedule. Yeah. You're the we, boss, man. Every third Sunday. That could be like, that could be, I don't know. I think of this show, we're going to call you the manager. You're the manager. I'm now. the manager of the show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll be the manager. Well, really, we need to manage our show. We, yeah, we, we should be to... working towards our show. Yeah. Like, we, I, I kind of just... go into a cold and we just go off, I think, a little bit. I think once we get down the bullet points and stuff and we know what we're going to talk about, then I think, like, you know. I think right now, like, without having the structure, I, th- I still think we do pretty decent. Hell yeah. Yeah. I like it. I have fun. I enjoy this. Dude, yeah. this was a, I think it was an awesome episode. The yeah. music thing was great. Yeah. The Which music I, is great because, dude, we could have went on for another three fucking hours. Yeah, I know. I could have told you all kinds of stupid shit, but, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah. And then even, even uh, everything else, you know. But yeah. I think the most important thing is this show for me is a lot like your art. I think I need, I need to sit down and just do just it. Just do it, yeah. You know? I think that's anything. Like, that's that's how you do things is by doing things. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not going to be perfect. Sometimes it's going to suck. Sometimes it's going to be great. And, you know, you just expound on what's good and you kind of throw away what's shit, you know? So, I don't know. I, I have a lot of fun doing this. I'm glad that you invite me over to do it every once in a while. And this coffee is fucking amazing, so... <laughs> Yeah. You like my jet fuel, man? That's good, man. That's really good. That that's fucking Starbucks and a French press, man. Yeah. That's I'm a- over here like shivering. Like I got like the jitters a little bit from it, but <laughs> it's okay. It's good. Let it's we good. sprinkle meth and coke in ours, oh, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. It'll get you going, man. Yeah. You could start your car with that shit. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. yeah. All right, brother. Until uh, what 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 do we say? Uh, the thir- every third Sunday. Every third Sunday, every the manager Sunday. says you better fucking be here. All right, every third Sunday. <laughs> I dig it, man. All right. All right, brother. All right. See you.